This is the uh, moment at the pool of Bethesda where a gentleman is super close to a miracle, but for whatever reason can't seem to find his own encounter with the Lord. There's a couple things in front of him. There's some obstacles that stand in front of him, and but yet the presence of God, the actual vortex, the portal of heaven is right there right next to him. It's kind of like knowing the truth positionally, but not walking in it. It's so close. I know it here, but it's not manifesting here yet. And so John 5, I'll set it up for you just a little bit. And so here at a place called the place of outpouring, God wants to bring people into an encounter. And here's where I want to pick up the story at verse 5 of John chapter 5. It says this, And now a man was there who had been ill, or some of the translations say who had been in his sickness for 38 years. And Jesus, upon seeing this man lying there and knowing that he had already been in that condition for a long time, said to him, Do you want to get well? And the sick man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool, and whenever the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps in before me. And Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your pallet, and walk. And immediately the man became well and picked up his pallet and began to walk. And now it was a Sabbath on that day, and so the Jews were saying to the man who was cured, It's Sabbath, though. It's not permissible for you to carry your pallet. What are you doing? So he asks him this question, kind of wild. This guy's been ill for 38 years now. And he says, do you want to be healed? Think about that. Really, you got to ask that question? I've been ill. Paralyzed, lame, whatever it was. I've been ill in my sickness for 38 years, and you have to ask me whether I want to be healed. Why do you think that would happen? I mean, those types of questions, right, are meant to bring our faith to the surface. Because there's a lot of things that go on when you're waiting or while you're waiting, huh? 38 years is a long time. Some of you haven't even been born that long. Can you imagine this person waiting for their miracle? And do you still want to be healed? I'm going to throw the word still in there. Do you still want to be healed? Do you still believe that I'm the God who can do that? Is that something that you still have a grid for? What's happened to your heart, basically? My paraphrase, what has happened to your heart while you've been waiting? Are you still present with me? Do you still believe the things that I told you a long time ago would happen? Or have you just shrunk back on those things and now we call it wisdom? I'm wiser now. But wisdom doesn't look like that. Wisdom causes you to increase in faith. Wisdom causes you to increase in being willing to spend it all. Wisdom causes you to walk the plank more than you ever would. Wisdom doesn't call you to shrink back. That's not the definition of wisdom. Wisdom doesn't call you to forget the things that you were most passionate about and call it wisdom. That's not wisdom. 
That's someone going to sleep. So how do we stay present in our faith? Do you want to be healed? Because our answer goes to the core of how we've guarded our faith over the seasons of difficulty, right? I'm this close to the pool of Bethesda, but I'm still in need of a man to get me there. I'm this close to my miracle, and I don't have a grid that the God who stirs the waters can get outside of the, you know, eight by eight box and come over here 30 feet and heal me. My miracle God is still in the box of limited to that pool. You know, on one hand, he's at the pool of Bethesda, known for healing properties, and he's waiting for the waters to be stirred in his life and doesn't even understand that the living water is standing in front of him. I mean, I have a grid for signs and wonders. You know, we talk about it. I mean, we know. We just don't operate in it. We just have a level of faith that sort of keeps God into the yesterday and we're believing for it and doesn't cause me to stretch my faith into the now present. I know he can do it technically. Positionally, I know I'm his friend. All the songs that we sang today, here I know, but here I, I'm not sure that I know. Jesus was asking him if he wanted to be made whole. Notice the man never asks, answers the question, actually. He just goes right into, well, somebody always beats me. You're still stuck to the natural things that have to line up for your breakthrough. I didn't ask you if there was someone here to drag you into the water. I didn't ask you that. What I asked you is if you still have a grid for the promises that I give. Do you want what I have? Do you want what I have? Are you hungry still for what I give? I'm going to go right to the core. And he's like, somebody else is responsible for my healing. That's what it is. Somebody else is responsible for my breakthrough. How many people know that when someone else is responsible for your freedom, you're not free? And he doesn't even answer the question. He just gives reasons why he can't be healed or hasn't been healed yet. Why his miracle and his breakthrough hasn't happened yet. He says this, I have no man. I just want to just circle back around on that quote. I, I have no man. Really? The living water standing in front of him. I have no man when someone else is in charge of your freedom. I just want to say that again. You are not free. When someone else is, the re is responsible for your lack of freedom, you're not free. David said, Lord, all of my fountains are in you. Everything, every bit of water, every bit of sustenance, every bit of desire, every bit of nourishment that I get, I have found out 
looking this way, that doesn't work. All of my fountains are in you. I have to point every desire north. All of my fountains are in you. You've got the pool of Bethesda right there, which is recognized as being stirred by angels. And you have the living water standing in front of you. And sometimes it's just easy to think that, gosh, i got to get myself to my miracle. As if God's limited, again, to just that little pool over there, that little space. More importantly, Jesus wants to understand that the pool is mobile. Like the pool is like here now. I'm standing in front of you and you're still limited by the rut that you've put yourself in. And so you have a grid for miracles. That's why you're here at the pool. But I'm standing in front of you. The pool is now mobile. I make house calls. OMG. I have a grid for miracles, but I, I, it's, it's something different to believe for mine. How do I position myself for flow? He wasn't just positioning himself naturally. What he really needed was to position himself spiritually for a miracle. God was trying to talk to him about spiritual things, and he was reliant on a man to get him there. This is key for our, your breakthrough. This is key for any breakthrough of anybody that you're praying for Listen, it's more than just being optimistic. It's more than just being innovative. I'm that way, and I'm really optimistic, and I'm really innovative, and people go, Bobby, how do you, how do you get that way? You're sort of, I've been accused of being eternally optimistic. And I'm saying, no, that's not just my personality. I've cultivated that over the years. I can't afford to have a thought here that's not in God's heart or mind. I can't afford to have a place here or a heart here that's not his heart. That's something that you develop all the time because I don't want to miss moments when the water gets stirred in my life or someone else's life and be too busy for the Holy Spirit. I want to intentionally position myself so that my heart is available to move wherever and whenever the anointing begins to stir. Amen. 